2: Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Guys, what's up? Oh, wow. I thought I couldn't get any cringier. I have a Patreon at patreon.com slash MatthewDonald. There you can find bonus content for mostly Paleo this show. A little bonus content for my other podcast, The Ritwit, if that's still going on. Who knows at this point? For the Paleobites bonus content, we discuss pop culture featuring prehistoric animals. And this month, we're talking about nobody's favorite Pixar movie, The Good Dinosaur. Uh, more like The Mediocre Dinosaur. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Got him. So we discussed that, we rate it, fun stuff, sorry if you're a fan of that movie, because we're not very nice to it, but, you know, hey, opinions, they're a wonderful thing. If we all viewed art the same way, the world would be a very boring place, and I say that as someone who genuinely likes the movie 10,000 BC, a movie that has 9% on Rotten Tomatoes, so really, like whatever you like. (laughs) So, link is in the description, where you can sign up to the Patreon, thank you for your support, and have a wonderful day. Yay, yay. Rowl, snarl, bellow, growl. Welcome to Paleobites, the podcast whose premiere signaled the end of the Holocene and the beginning of the dumbest scene. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Matthew Donald, and each week I in a rotating series of guest co-hosts talk about and rate a genus of prehistoric animal, and sometimes plants and fungi, or other creatures, especially when this co-host is on, uh, <laughs> be it di- dinosaur, <laughs> mammal, arthobon, and so on. Speaking of which... This week I'm joined by this co-host, Natasha Crack. How are you? Oh, I'm doing well. Yeah, you're doing great. Speaking of plants, look at all these plants out there. Like how many? How many do you see out there? How many? How many million, trillions of plants do you think you can see from this one?
1: Do we count per species, oh, or do that's we true. count each individual? It's blade like individual of grass? blade of
2: grass. Every yeah, like. <laughs> oh, uh, is
1: Colorado is surprisingly diverse with its plants. That's
2: true. i recently learned that trees are not a family like mammals or reptiles. They're, it's just a way for plants to grow. Multiple uh, families of plants can produce tree forms. Yes. And like, wow, I didn't know that. I feel dumb.
1: <laughs> I mean, I've got a few that basically turn into trees if you give them the time.
2: Nice. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think uh, how can we relate the dinosaur, or prehistoric animal-related question into that. Uh, let's see. Um, let's say that, like... Uh, you have what? What type of dinosaur or priest or animal would you like to have? A topiary, <laughs> a life-size topiary out of Ooh. out of in your at your place or whatever. Assuming you don't live in an apartment, <laughs> like <laughs> if you had a house.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, we're dreaming now. Yeah, eh? It's
2: like you have a big mansion with like a garden where you have tea. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, and you can watch the other the other guys play polo. <laughs> like,
1: you know, surprisingly, I've never really been one for topiaries i like plants in their wild forms uh, okay okay um, other than when they get to a little bit on the unmanageable side is and, and then they need a haircut uh, okay. in which case i give the cuttings away <laughs>
2: mm-hmm. okay that makes sense okay so I, i'll answer the question because i can't think of another question <laughs> so i'm just gonna ask <laughs> the question i would have i don't know maybe a little one like a yee or something <laughs> oh so a bonsai the bonsai i just put it right on my on my uh, apartment, in my room. It's going to be plastic because I will not be able to take care of
1: it. <laughs> I think you do all right with a yeah, prob- resurrection I probably,
2: plant. Yeah, I probably underestimate myself, but yeah.
1: You do all right with a resurrection plant.
2: Resurrection plant? What well, oh, is it yeah. called?
1: They're a uh, rather ancient. Is it genus called that themselves. because if you kill it, they come
2: back? <laughs>
1: Basically, yes, actually. Yeah. They actually don't mind going several weeks without water and they curl up. They look like they're dead. You add a couple teaspoons or tablespoons of water okay. and they come out. They're- nice. A species of fern that evolved for the desert. Nice. And to deal with long periods of drought. They don't exactly have deep root systems. Um... You can kill them if you overwater them, but that's pretty hard to do, considering and a lot of people I know forget to water.
2: Oh, yeah, I'd forget all the
1: time. In so, which case, you do fine. Okay, well, well that sounds good. Uh, they can be a little spent, though. Ah, uh, well, pfft, uh, we'll make it work. All Anyone right. in the house plant hobby, they probably have one or know somebody who has one or will pay the money for a small one. That makes sense.
2: Well, I could also just hire someone. If we're already, like, imagining, like, I gave you a mansion with a garden to have tea in. I, <laughs> I'm going to just have, like... A uh, a a gardener or something there. So, I mean,
1: I just want a place where I can I mean, attempt
2: to grow my dragon fruit to full size. That'd be cool. I just want a place with an actual dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of a place I have to hand wash my dishes like in my current apartment. Mm. Uh, or even better, I could be like, oh, I have a dishwasher. His name is Fred. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> So anyways, all right. We're talking about a plant like we like to do with you. But this one's interesting, I swear. There's an actually an interesting backstory about, like, it's pretty important in terms of paleontology. For us, for us learning a very important thing about paleontology, which I will get into. We're talking about Glossopterus, or the tongue fern, is what it means. Uh, type is a Glossopterus. De- blah, 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 blah. That's basically <laughs> that. An extinct family of plants in the seed fern group. Do you know what seed fern is?
1: Offhand, I don't remember the exact classification. But at the time of this recording, I have been up since four o'clock in the morning. Oh, it nice. It is six fifteen in the evening.
2: Yeah, it's it's late. And
1: I've been outside most of the day.
2: Ah, uh, so see, I wouldn't do that. I'm part vampire. When I go outside, I'm like the hideous light of the day star. Ah, <laughs> nah, so, <laughs> ah, it's okay. Uh, all right, so uh, size up to a hundred feet. Slash 30 meters tall, which is pretty freaking huge for a fern, if you ask me. <laughs> like, uh, diet sunlight, like like most plants. In fact, I'd wager all plants. <laughs> Even Venus flytraps are photosynthetic. They just eat flies some extra nutrients.
1: <laughs> and in the right circumstances, some species do send out flowers apart from the main plant.
2: Oh, for Venus flytraps? You... Yep. That's cool. I just found that out recently. Nice, nice. Uh, time early to late Permian. 298 to 252 million years ago. That's pretty much the entire range of the Permian. <laughs> like, 298 to 252 million years ago. So the entire Permian period. Uh, some paleobotanical documentations, which has got to be the dorkiest combination of words I've ever said on this show, they say sometimes that it lasts into the Triassic, but those accounts are generally considered erroneous. Uh, location? All over Gondwana, the southern parts of Pangaea. We found fossils in South America, Africa, India, Madagascar, Australia, and Antarctica. <laughs>
1: Yes, apparently quite notably in Brazil. Yeah. In the Rio Bonito formation.
2: Nice, nice. No, the reason why I found that in Oliver Gondwana, like the fact that we have, that's pretty important for some stuff later that I'll bring up. It was described in 1828, pop culture appearances. I've got one. I've got one. Remember what? Zoo Tycoon Dinosaur Digs?
1: I have not. not okay. a big video gamer.
2: Okay, so Zoo Tycoon. You remember Zoo Tycoon. You know Zoo Tycoon. I've ever? heard of it. Definitely. Okay, so there was an expansion pack called Dinosaur Digs where you could turn your zoo into a Jurassic Park style place. And as well as having prehistoric animals, you could also plant prehistoric plants. Nice. And one of them was a Glossopterus. Nice. <laughs> so I, I liked it because uh, it was one of those bulky trees that takes up a full tile on the game rather than a quarter tile. So it's nice. really good for filling out empty spaces in your zoo like I always love to do. Nice. Um, so, yeah, that, that's the pop culture appearance I found of Glossopterus. <laughs> <laughs> and like the other things, that said it was like, oh, it's actually in the Triassic. It said it was in the Triassic. Nope, Permian. Sorry, Zoo Dacoon, You got it wrong. Uh, let me get this out of the way and admit that I'm no botanist, uh, let, alone, let alone a paleobotanist. So I know very little about trees or plants or anything, or the evolution of them. All the plants in my apartment are plastic, but there's no way in hell I can keep anything alive. But I personally think I could even kill cacti.
1: <laughs> you know, that's a very common myth in the gardening and houseplant hobbies is that cacti are easy. Cacti are finicky little creatures. Okay.
2: See, that's the thing. Like, I'm so, I'm so out of the loop in terms of botany. I'm like, oh, I'm making a joke about how bad I am at taking care of plants. So, well, actually, this plant is pretty hard to take care of anyways. I'm like, no, I don't even know enough to make a joke. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, it's only starting to come more and more to light because during mm-hmm. the pandemic, the houseplant hobby increased right. and people mm-hmm. started looking to YouTube for tutorials. Nice. And well, so, yes, some cacti can be really quite finicky. Right, that makes
2: sense. Um, but – uh Therefore, all the information you're hearing about this is what I've learned from extensive readings on Wikipedia and various online work. Prehistoric- prehistory guides with none of it from the confines of my own brain like the other episodes. Uh, to be fair, I research for all the, all the episodes, of course, but most time I have some knowledge of my own that I've gathered over the years. Not so for this. This is all new. So basically, trees are not a clade is the big thing I've learned recently and I mentioned earlier in the episode a tree is a type of structure for plants not, tax, not a group for them. Any type of plant with an elongated trunk and sprouting branches can be considered a tree and a wide variety of plant species have independently evolved tall trunks and long branches as a way to compete for sunlight against other plants. So now that we've gotten out of the way, they know absolutely nothing about plants or other botanical shenanigans, <laughs> Let's talk about a prehistoric plant, shall we? Glossopteris is the largest of the Permian sea ferns, reaching up to a 100 feet in height. Their leaves are quite distinctive, easily recognizable for many paleobotanists, which means that when these leaves are found all over the southern continents as well as India in the early 1800s, scientists had to wonder what was going on. Why did all these distinctive yet identical leaves end up in all these different parts of the world? Where do you think this is going? Yep, this is where the start of the hypothesis of continental drift began. <laughs> and this is why is super important. Nice. As fossils of the similar plants and animals found in widely separate locations continue to be discovered in the next century, scientists started thinking that something had to be happening here. The first official proposition of the theory of continental drift came from a ger- German geophysicist named Alfred Wigner in 1912. Uh, someone who I referenced briefly in my book Tesla Notes is another example of a scientist who was considered rather out there and controversial alongside Nikola Tesla. <laughs> Because, yeah, no one was like, I believe that. Mainstream geology was like, nah, uh to Wigner, and rejected his hypothesis. But in the 1950s, he was proven correct through the discovery of paleomagnetism and the study of plate tectonics. So he had the last laugh, <laughs> except he had been dead by 20 years by that point. <laughs> so so I guess he wasn't laughing too much. Uh, uh, I
1: suppose not.
2: Mm, yeah, but once continental drift had been confirmed, though, was time to figure out how the continental plates moved and which pieces uh the world were at which parts, and that's where our friend Glossopterus comes in. Uh, the locations of its fossils across South America, Africa, Madagascar, India, Australia, New Zealand, and Antarctica were vital in learning the connections of other continents. And now we know these places have formed the southern supercontinent of Gondwana. And if you look at the range of where the fossil was found, there's a clear distinct range in latitude. It has never been found in northern South America or Africa, meaning it never made it further north to Laurasia.
1: Well, and plants can tell you a lot about climate. Oh, absolutely. The, their distinctive ranges... What they can and can't tolerate. Yeah. Why in some climates some plants are house plants, but in other climates they are outdoor menaces.
2: Yeah. Well it's like, you know, as someone who works at a famous coffee shop that should not be named for legal slash comedic reasons, you know, I, I know I'm fully aware of how coffee beans they're they're only grown in the tropics. <laughs>
1: Coffee's another very touchy plant.
2: I can imagine. So like, I do
1: not want to have any... Nobody send me any coffee plants.
2: Oh, no. Oh, Somebody already... You look like you could do great with coffee.
1: Somebody already gave me dragon fruit before I was ready for
2: it. Oh, wow.
1: So, yeah. I've got enough on my hand.
2: You, now you're not ready for it, huh?
1: I'm not ready for it because it it does, when you do it right, become a tree.
2: Uh, oh, well, don't do it right then. Do it <laughs> deliberately wrong.
1: Ah, nope. <laughs> nope, can't do. <laughs>
2: you gotta take care of it.
1: Basically, yeah, you gotta send get a really specific setup. So if you live in a cold weather climate, you may want to think twice about dragon fruit.
2: Some fossils uh, found up north that might be similar, there might be similar to Glossopterus, but as of now, they're not confirmed to be a separate species in the genus of Glossopterus. But there's a lot of species of Glossopterus. This thing was prolific AF. (laughs) In India alone, there are 70, yes, 70 species of Glossopterus identified and many others in other parts of Gondwana. Uh, Despite its prolificacy, I looked up this word, you know, never make fun of someone for mispronouncing a word that means they learned it by reading it. (laughs) Prolificacy. Perlificous uh, despite it being very common as hell though Glossopteros was a casualty of the great Permian extinction known as the great dying. The extinction wiped out ninety five percent of all life on earth, so boy, it was a great dying indeed
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: or at least a pretty good dying. you'd done good dying it <laughs> killed so many creatures, even Thanos was considered overkill
1: <laughs> probably yeah
2: I'll, here here's the thing i had a, I had I had a funny note about this in terms of Thanos um so would Thanos' snap be considered a mass extinction? At first I was like, yes, but then no. Because he didn't wipe out any full species. He wiped out 50% of all the individuals of species. So technically he wiped out 0% of all species. <laughs> Not a mass extinction.
1: No, but you could make the argument if you really want to go circular.
2: Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, with, with, with all those you know, classic Thanos was right people. <laughs> There's always people siding with the villains.
1: Well. Yeah, the villains are fun, and have a lot of them have fun with what they're doing.
2: Thanos, though, was kind of depressed, though. He was just like, this is what needs to be done. I'm doing yeah, this for the good of the universe. Yeah, Thanos had some issues. Yeah, he had some real issues. And in the next movie, people were... Uh, you know, when, when everyone was like, oh, you know, maybe his, his his plan didn't make a whole lot of sense. It was like, and other people who were defending him. was like, no, it made a lot of sense. He was 100% right. And then this the next movie proved him both wrong. It was like, actually, no, he was a madman. He's going to wipe out 100% of the universe now because he's, he's mad that people weren't grateful for him. And so he's going to create a new universe. It was always about megalomania.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: So it was always because he was convinced he was right and he hated people saying he was wrong. Uh,
1: At least when plants take over the world, they're just cleaning the air along the way.
2: Yeah, exactly. Uh, speaking of plants, to get this uh, back into Glossopteris, but also keep in line with uh, Thanos. <laughs> so I watched this video of what happened if uh, the snap actually happened, and yeah, if he wiped out all the plants too, as well like half the plants as well as the animals too. Man, the Earth's gonna be in some rough times,
1: uh, right?
2: Like rough times, like because. I mean- yeah. Did he
1: specify with the snap not to harm the plants? I mean we
2: I mean, it was in Wakanda when we saw everything, you know, going to dust. We didn't see any trees going to dust we or anything.
1: Never
2: did. At the end of Endgame when when they reverse the snap and we see some birds coming in, it implies that those birds were snapped. So So animals, animals were definitely snapped, but but like plants? I don't know. Like because, like, some people say it was 50% of all life, in which case, does that include 50% of the bacteria in your gut? Because <laughs> that would also be bad.
1: Yeah, that would be <laughs> like, really bad. Everybody's like, going on a yogurt diet. <laughs>
2: they, they cut out this part during the movie, but just after uh, Thanos does the snap, there's a widespread case of diarrhea oh. <laughs> all <laughs> over the world because people are not digesting their food correctly. <laughs> diarrhea and constipation.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like... Anyways, on that lovely note, let's rate (laughs) (laughs) Glossopterus. One have sixty-five million, shall we? Certainly, I'm gonna give it like a forty-four million or something because it's cool because it's a big fern, like a really, really, really big fern, and also it helps spur the talk of. Continental drift?
1: Well, it basically started the talk altogether. I mean,
2: I guess, like, we probably would have figured out eventually anyways. But this definitely got started, the though.
1: Plants have o- are always really good environmental indicators. So yeah. I think we should jump it to a 50. Ah,
2: oh, 50. Okay, well, you can jump it to a 50 for you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bump it up to, like, a 46 million.
1: Uh, so, yeah. As we're sitting next to a couple trees, yeah, by what, the way. What is this thing here? That is a tropical pine. Tropical pine? It is a pine... It is a tropical species. I have seen younger versions of it in Home Depot, usually around Christmas. Yeah. And usually they spray it with glitter.
2: Nice. I was going to say, like,
1: tropical. We're in Colorado. It's not tropical here. (laughs) You'd be amazed what you can keep indoors. The rubber tree next to us says a lot. That's true. That is definitely a
2: tropical-looking plant. We wouldn't see that outside. (laughs) Nope. (laughs) Nope. Uh, That's true.
1: Same with what's behind us. That's a Dracaena of some species. Yeah, that's true. Well,
2: we're in like a freaking greenhouse. Except not really. Those are like <laughs> the only three plants here. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, Well, that's it for this week. If you want to get a hold of the show, you can contact us at D at methodoncreator.com. For any questions to I- any, any of the co hosts, you can find me on social media at methodoncreator on Facebook, at methodon64 on Twitter, and methodon64 on Instagram. Uh, where can they find you?
1: Um, generally, you can find me on Facebook. Um, Natasha Crack. Yep. Same with Instagram.
2: Natasha Crack. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm not creative with some of my screen names.
2: Yeah. Well, mine's just Matthew Donald 64. And I. And then the whole joke of the Way is like every episode, I come up with a new reason why it was 64. Ah. <laughs> and some of I them... mean,
1: I do have a YouTube screen name, but I don't post video.
2: Yeah. And... I think I remember following you on DeviantArt and you're your DeviantArt username is something weird. You don't have to say it here. Yeah, you don't, you don't want well, I
1: don't that. exactly use DeviantArt like I used to. Mm. I think I just got bored with the site.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's mostly... I mean, ever since Tumblr got rid of the porn, it's mostly porn <laughs> on there, I'm <laughs> assuming.
1: <laughs> uh,
2: anyways, <laughs> on that note. I do post
1: crafts on Instagram. That's true, that's true.
2: So I also have a podcast called The Ritwit, with two twits talk about writing, like I mentioned. We At the end of every episode, we talk about... Uh, why 64 on my social media? Because, I don't know, because there are 64 different species of Glossopterus <laughs> in India, or more than 64. There we go, boom, except it was at least 70. Uh, all right, I also have another book. I have a book series on Amazon Megazoic available for print and Kindle. I don't, I, obviously there's no Glossopterus because it was before when it takes place, but I do mention some prehistoric plants in the book. And in fact, one interesting challenge in particular, when there was like a party going on in the second book, and I wanted them to be drinking something, I was like, wait a minute, grapes were not around back then. <laughs> so what could they be using to ferment their, their drinks? I'm like, what type of prehistoric plants bore fruit? And this took me on a long journey, and I found that the closest I could find was that some cycads had some berries. So I was like,
1: crush them, ferment them, sure! <laughs>
2: like, turn them into cycad champagne, which is what they were drinking. <laughs> so- well,
1: and... They could have also used root vegetables. That's true. That's true. Uh, all you need is a good hardy tuber. Yeah. So a tuber. Isn't that is how beer
2: played. is made? Like, or like beer is made from potatoes, right? Or something? that's vodka. Vodka. Okay.
1: Vodka is made from potatoes. Okay. Beer is made from grains. Grains. Which that's is right. Technically, a form of grass that has been selectively that's, bred. That's true. It's not. It doesn't. It hops doesn't, are flowers. One of my neighbors grows hops and nice. brews his own beer.
2: Nice. Nice. Okay. So I guess it, do, it doesn't necessarily have to be drinks bearing fruit, or or like plants bearing fruit, it's...
1: We humans like to ferment things. We
2: just can ferment anything. Can you ferment this tropical... Probably
1: not without dying. Yeah. (laughs) But you can ferment honey.
2: Ferment honey. Ooh, that sounds yummy.
1: That that traces at the very least back to the Egyptians, but it's most notable with the Vikings. Ooh. It's called mead.
2: Is that where mead comes from?
1: Mead is delicious. Ah. I drink it. Uh, Now that I know it comes from fermented honey, I'm definitely going to give it a try now. Let me know when you want, and I'll buy a bottle. I recommend Meadery of the Rockies. They're okay. from Palisade. I recommend
2: you start with the sweet. The Meadery of the Rockies. Would they sell it at, at liquor stores? Or? Oh, yeah. Okay, cool. I will give that a look A look see. All
1: right. There's there's one nearby here. I'll drop you the location.
2: Well, I, it's because it's a long drive home. I probably shouldn't be drinking. <laughs>
1: you can break home, open yeah. the bottle at home.
2: I guess that's true. All right. Anyways, uh, that's it for this week. I'll see you at the end of every episode of Paleobites. Um, Cheers to the mead, I guess. Happy gardening, everybody. Happy gardening, happy hops, and <laughs> potatoes. Happy <laughs> and fermenting things, happy that's what f- humans do. We love to get drunk. We do. Uh, but I bet we could ferment Glossopterus.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince.